Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. When my boys were in junior high, this back when Michael Jordan was playing for the Bulls, I took them to a, a Cleveland Cavs Bulls game and uh, up in Cleveland. It's a night game. We're, we're leaving the queue and I get on 77 South and it's just full of cars. And there's a car about 10 cars up from me that decides to change lanes. I'm in the left lane, they're in the right. They change lanes. So the guy they pulled in front of didn't have time to slow down and it ended up being a, a, a 10 car accident. And uh, we were the 10th car. Now what, what was really terrible about it was my son Joseph sitting in the front seat. Dave's in the back and there's a neighborhood a friend of theirs that's in the car with them. So I have these three young men and Joe asked me just before the accident, he said, Dad, I'm really hot. Can I take my coat off? I said, sure. So he takes his seatbelt off to take his coat off. And uh, so just when his coat's off, his seatbelt's not on, the accident happens. And it's really true. In those of you that have been in accidents like that, it's almost like it, it, it goes slow motion. And it's like one frame of a film at a time. And all I remember is I, I just saw my hand like this, just slow-mo. And my goal was to put it in front of his chest so he didn't go through a window or hit the airbag. And I ended up having a bruise on the, uh, on the hand. And he was OK. And I was really sore. I went to my chiropractor and began to have him do some work. Uh, I go to Dr. Dixon here in Hallen, and, and uh, Doc has this incredible x-ray machine. It's HD, uh, digital. It's incre incredible. So he made sure I didn't need a surgeon or I didn't have anything real bad. So two weeks later, listen to this, two weeks later, I'm in the rental car while my SUV is being fixed. I'm sitting at 46. I just dropped a guest minister off at uh, Holiday Inn Express, took him to dinner. He was here on a Wednesday night. And I'm just sitting there at a red light, and this young girl, uh, she just got out of work. She didn't see the red light or my brake lights. She hit the back of my rental car going 35 miles an hour. That was worse than the other accident. It's like the whiplash was, oh, it, I couldn't hardly walk after that. So I go back into Doc Dixon, and, you know, he has those little wire things that give you that electrical massage. And I, I, I don't like that as much as he has this table. He has this big roller board. And you lay on your back and that board goes up and down your back. And I just said, I want to lay on there for an hour. I want it as high as it can go. And I went in there day after day after day. You know what I had to do? I had to detach from my normal life in order to recover. And if you haven't been with us, I want to welcome you to test surviving life's toughest moments. And we're going to talk about detaching today. Today's all about detaching. Just like I had to detach and go have those treatments and, and nurse myself back, uh, we're going to show you how to detach. You don't have to stop living, but there's a Bible principle I want to show you. And if you haven't been with us, uh, you know, it's amazing. When we go through the toughest test, those really tough times, sometimes they're dark, sometimes they're not as bad, but they're really, really tough times. It's amazing how uh, God has given us what I call... And this is an army patch. This is called a seer patch from the army. And uh, he's given us a seer training. If you weren't with us in lesson one, the military knows that if, if you're in a situation as a soldier where you might be trapped behind enemy lines or you may be captured or you may get into this crazy terrain and they want, to, they want you to know how to survive, they put you through seer training. And S stands for survival, E is evasion, R is resistance, and 
The last E is escape. And they just teach people, this is what you do when you get into really tough times. And I discovered God has a serious training for us. And the book of James was written to Christians who were going through the most severe test that I believe anybody can go through. Here's what was happening when James wrote the book. They were Jewish Christians. They were being persecuted by the Jews, and the Jewish authorities literally stole their houses, took their houses from them and threw them out on the street. They then went to their bosses and said, fire them. So can you imagine not only losing your home, but now you have no income, and there was no government assistance whatsoever back in those days, and then the leaders were either thrown into jail or they were killed. So now they have family members that they, they actually had die. And James writes this book. And, and, and I saw in this book, and I, I made it really simple. I, I used the acrostic, instead of sear, I used the acrostic undo. And uh, God wants to help you undo all the problems that a test brings. He wants to help you survive it and come out stronger. And in lesson one, we talked about the you. The you is understand. And I wanted you to walk out of here remembering test exists to make us better not bitter. God doesn't bring them. I showed you who brings them. We had, we had an incredible time. And the N stands for navigate. And remember the first rule of navigate? Don't talk about your test. The second rule of navigate? Don't talk about your test. Third rule of navigate? Don't talk about your test. We had a blast last week and showed you the different rules of navigate. We had a really good time. Today we talk about detach. It's so important to detach. Next week we're going to talk about opposing. And that's the lesson. I, I've said it every week now. I'm putting my notes together for this, and that's the lesson that changed my life. And it wasn't a scripture I never saw before. It was the perspective that God showed me concerning the scripture. And I'm believing our lives are going to change from this series, and I believe next week it's going to be life-changing because I have failed in the opposing. And I'll show you what I mean next week. But today we want to talk about detaching. This is so, so important. Here's what I want you to walk out remembering. God wants you to exchange your problems for his presence. I, I want you to walk out remember this. Now, for all the guys, I want to calm you down right away. Okay, all the guys, for his presence. All of a sudden, you're thinking, Pastor Joe's, don't go weird on me today, you know, the presence of God, that type of thing. And I think anybody that's come to church here any length of time, there's guys that have been here for 30-plus years, they can tell you, I, I've, I never go weird. I'm just not a weird person. So I'm not going to become spiritually weird. There's nothing weird about this lesson but there's something powerful about God's presence. And I'm going to show you how simple it is. We're going to have an incredible time today. But don't you like this part? God wants to exchange your problems. When you go through a test, there's all kinds of problems. And your mind's going squirrely. Your mind doesn't know what to do. It's kind of like me with whiplash, you know. Uh, we need to detach and we, we need to take care of that stress that we're under. And I'll show you how to do it. Now, again, the military, they're amazing. They put you through serious training, you know, to make sure uh, you know what to do. But, but then when bullets are flying over your head and you're in a combat, they have something else. They call it combat stress reaction, and, and they recognize it. They, they know what it is. And if they see combat stress reaction, uh, CSR, they immediately, they have the four R's. And we're going to talk about the four R's in a minute. They make sure you go through it to get you ready for combat again. So I want to just show you some of the symptoms. There's eight symptoms. So they're watching soldiers to see if these system, uh, and any of these symptoms are coming out. So here, here's the first four. Uh, slowing reaction time. So they're saying, hey, is reaction time slower? Slowness of thought, difficulty prioritizing tasks, and difficulty initiating routine tasks. So they're watching these soldiers to see if that's happening. And you know the last two that are here? 
prioritizing, initiating, those are things that I have never had to be taught to do. I don't know if I, maybe I learned it watching my parents, but you know how certain things come natural to us and then other things we really have to work on? This is something I've never had to work on, but when I'm going through a crazy test, I'm not even sure what to do first. You know, when that test first hits you, I've been through some dark tests, and, and I'm not even sure what foot goes forward. And, and it's during times like that, you need to detach. And we'll talk about that. Here's, here's, here's the second set of four. Preoccupation with minor issues and familiar tasks. Indecision and lack of concentration. Loss of initiative with fatigue and exhaustion. Now, number three, in my darkest test, I remember losing all initiative. And so just depending on what kind of test, these are big tests I'm talking about. But, you know, sometimes we're hit with a bunch of little tests and these things begin to hit us. So what does the military do? We can learn from this. And detaching is going to help us do this. Here's, here's the four R's. The first one is rest. So you know what they'll do? They'll pull these guys out of the front lines and they'll get them in a peaceful environment where they can begin to rest. That's how simple it is. The second one is replenishment. You know what they do? They get them just the, the, best, the best liquid they can. They just flood them with liquid, and they flood them with good, healthy food. And their goal is to replenish them physically. Now think about it. We're going to find out today. Detaching, when we detach, it's a time for us to rest emotionally. You don't have to stop living. I'll show you what I mean by it. And, and it's an opportunity for God to begin to replenish us. Take a look at the, the, the next uh, two, the last, last two. Reassurance is number three. This one's huge. It is huge. Here's what I've noticed. When I go through a crazy test, going through a hard time, and for those of you that own businesses, I've noticed pastoring is a lot like it, there's a business side to pastoring. You're dealing with people, and there's stress every day. So you, you've got stress every day. I mean, you, you get calls, this is happening, that's happening, got to take care of this, got to take care of that. Sometimes you're putting fires out. It's just all the time happening. Some of you have stressful jobs like that that don't even own businesses. And, and you know what I, I noticed? I, I noticed I need sometimes for God to give me some reassurance. And when I detach, God does the most amazing thing with reassurance. And I'll show you how he does it. It's absolutely amazing. Do you know what they do with these guys? These guys feel like failures because they had to be pulled off the line, the front line. So you know what they do? They exhort them and they encourage them that you're a great soldier. You know what? This happens to a lot of people and you've just been under stress too long and we're going to pull you out for a while. And they just reassure them that you've got what it takes. You're a good soldier and that's what God does with us. Here's number four, restoration. And what they do here is they get them doing tasks that aren't on the front line and they want to help them identify with the fact they're a soldier. So they begin to get them back into being a soldier. And, and God does that with us. It's amazing how he does that with us. So the military has a down path. And I want to help us have a down path. So, so how do we, what are our four R's? How do we detach? It's really cool. And the first thing we do, there's two things, guys. We, we hand our problems to God. That's the first thing we do. Listen to this text. 1 Peter 5, 7. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Now, God wants you to take your worries. Let's say that my iPad is all my burdens. Let's say I'm going through a really tough test, and I'm carrying them around, and it's hurting, and it's hard. And God says, Joe, I'll take that off your shoulders. And for most of us men, what are we saying? No, I can handle it, God. Um, I can take care of it. And God say, no, I'd like to lift that off your shoulders. And the way we lift it off our shoulders is by just praying and 
giving it to him. I'll talk more about that in a moment. And I like the way it's said in Philippians. So listen to Philippians 4, 6. It says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. I like that. And I'm using the message translations because so many of us have read this in uh, NIV and translations like that, so we kind of have it memorized. And I just wanted to, I, I wanted to, I want you to see it from a different side today. So what's he saying? Give it to God. Listen to verse 7. Verse 7 says, Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness. Other translations say peace. Uh, everything coming together for good will come, and I like this, it will settle down on you. And it's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. And all it's saying is God can, can give you peace. So, so here's what I do. And, and I do this every day for all kinds of problems. But it's just so simple. In the dark time, I say, Lord, here's my problem. Here's what this test is doing to me. It's driving me crazy. I'm worried about this. I'm worried about that. And I just say, Lord, I want to give it to you, and I ask you to fix it. And it's like I'm taking that problem. The table is the hand of God, and I give it to him. And, and peace will come. But here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. If it's a really big problem, do you know that within minutes, sometimes five minutes, ten minutes, do you know this thing's going to jump right back on your shoulder and thoughts are going to hit your head? They will. They will. And if it's a big thing, every day it's going to try to get back on you, every day. So, so here's what I do. I don't pray again because, you know, I, when I prayed, I believe God start working. So I do something else. And, and when you read the NIV, it says, with thanksgiving for this verse. So here's what I do. When that thing tries to jump back on me in order to get it off me, I, you know, like Clark Kent, you know how if he wants to turn into Superman, he, one of the things he did is he found a phone booth. I, I just find a place where nobody's at because I don't want anybody to think I'm weird, you know. So I find a private place, and I just go in my private place, and I say, God, I thank you that when I gave that to you five minutes ago, I gave that to you last week, I thank you that you're working on it. I thank you that, Lord, you're going to take care of it. And you know the most amazing thing happens? That same peace comes up on me, and that thing's back in the hands of God. And with crazy tests, I'll do that. I'll do that as many. As soon as that baby tries to get in my head, I'll just take a moment. I'll say, God, I thank you so much that you're working on that thing. I thank you that, it, Lord, it's in process. You're going to fix it, and I don't have to worry about it. And it goes right back on God. And that's what it means to hand your problems off to God. And can we all agree, whether we're going through a big test or not, man, we, we all have things we want God to do in our life, right? And, and it's that simple. The Bible's simple. God never meant for it to be a difficult thing. Here's the second step of this. It's you place yourself in the hand, hands of God. And this is really important. Uh, listen to James 4.8. When you draw close to God, God will draw close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and let your hearts be filled with God alone to make them pure and true to him. Last part of the verse, you wonder, why did you put that on there, God? It almost doesn't seem like it needs to be there but, but God's saying it, it does need to be there, and here's why. This makes this so much better. The latter part of the verse is there because they did all the wrong things. Next week when we talk about a pose, uh, I'll, I'll help you understand it, but, but when all their trouble came on them, you know what they did? They self-medicated, and I'll talk about that next week. They threw themselves into the world, and they threw themselves into sin. They, they escaped, but they escaped the wrong way. Instead of detaching and placing themselves in the hand of God, they escaped and just filled their life with, with things they shouldn't have filled their life with. And here's what's so cool. 
God is so cool. He's so loving. He's so full of mercy. He just says, guys, and if you read the verses above this, verses 1 all the way down, you see it, and he just says, guys, listen, we all know you're really consumed with this world, and you've given in to sin, so let's make it right. But you know what else God says? He says, here's the deal. If you draw close to me, I'll draw close to you. And this has been a life verse for me. Let me tell you what this verse has done for my life, guys. When I think of this verse, here's what I think of. I can have as much of God in my life as I'd like. Nobody can take that away from me. No test can take it away from me. Not anything a person can do can take it away from me. I can determine how much of God I have in my life. And all I have to do is say, I'm going to draw close to him. And that's what it means to put yourself in his hand. It's a really, really simple thing. So I'm going to do my best to help you understand it. Just wanted to, didn't want you to hear that on a mic. Now, I'm going to show you a verse. And I want to explain the verse before I show it to you. When God wrote the book of Isaiah, when Isaiah the prophet wrote what God wanted them to, it's an incredible book. Israel had walked away from God. They were a lot like the Christians that James was writing to. They walked away from God. They were captives in Babylon. So, so they're captives. They're, 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 they're slaves in Babylon. They're, they're living under another empire, taken captive. So they'd come to the place to where they, in their opinion, Babylon was bigger than God. So God writes this book, Isaiah, and in chapter 40, in the upper verses, it's so cool, because God says things like this. He wants to make sure they know God's bigger than their problems. So God says things like this. He says, I measured the oceans in my hand. Now, that's a big hand if you can put the Atlantic Ocean in it. That's pretty big. God's saying, I'm pretty much bigger than anybody you can imagine. Then he said this. He said, you take all the dirt of the earth, so think of all the topsoil all over the earth. He said, you can take all the topsoil of the earth, he says, and, and I can put it in my bucket, and it won't fill my bucket. How bad is your test? Not badder than God. He said, I can take every nation. Think about this. I can take every nation on the planet, and I can put them in my bucket. And he goes, they're the size of a drop of water. One drop of water. So what God's trying to say to them, he's encouraging them. He's saying, guys, I know you have some problems, and I know you got yourself into them, but I am God. And he's encouraging them. So then Isaiah goes on to say this to him. It's amazing. Isaiah 40, 28, and it reads like this. <clears throat> Don't you understand? Don't you know by now that the everlasting God, the creator of the farthest parts of the earth, never grows faint or weary? No one can fathom the depths of his understanding. And I love this phrase. God never gives up. God never feels like giving up. God's never tired. God's never weary. God just doesn't ever, ever feel down. And he says, there's nothing in this universe that can wear me out, guys. Now, wouldn't it be cool if, if, if we could grab a little bit of that and take it from God and put it, put it into our, our spirits? That would be so cool. Since he never gets weary, I get weary. I don't know about you. Uh, life wears me down sometimes, and, and, and if I don't detach, life beats me up, and, and I have not detached at times, and let me tell you, I, I become grouchy, grumpy, um, and, and I become down, and I become oppressed, and I want to quit, 
That's what happens. And so you and I have to learn to tap into God's power. Listen to the very next verse. It's pretty cool. It, it says this in verses 29 and 30. He gives power to the tired and worn out and strength to the weak. So now he's letting us know, yeah, you can tap into this. He, he gives it to us. And I love verse 30. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read verse 30 as if I was an Italian from New Jersey. He says this, even the youths shall be exhausted and the young men will give up. So what he's saying in verse 30 is young people who, who have the strength and the power, you know, I'm, I'm only 57, but boy, I can't, I can't recover like I used to when I was in my 20s. Life, I, you know, I feel things I never felt. And I've told you, you guys, you've heard me say it before. Anybody here that's 50 and above, you know it. You just don't recover. Like, physically, you can be beat up pretty, pretty quick and you take longer to recover. And God's saying, this world's so cruel that even young people can be worn out. He's talking about our emotions. He's talking about our insides. He says even young people can want to quit because this world's crazy. And we do live in a crazy world. But verse 29, he says, I give power. That's God's life, God's presence, whatever you want to call it, to the tired and worn out. And then one of the most famous verses in the Bible is the next verse. It goes like this, verse 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I, I love the latter part because eagles, you know, they soar on the wind and, and uh, they're above and all everything in the earth is below them. The earth, they don't have to worry about the lion down there or anything else. They're, they're just above everything. <clears throat> and I've learned that when we wait on the Lord, inside we begin to soar above all the tests that we're in. It just, it picks us up on the inside. And then I love the running and the walking because God says, no matter what pace you're going, you're not going to wear out. And he's letting us know, emotionally, I will fill you with such life that you can get through the darkest moments that you could ever imagine. And when I go through dark times, I've learned to wait on the Lord. And I, I want to just give you the definition of waiting on the Lord. Now I'll tell you what it is. And guys, again, it's so simple. It's not weird. To wait upon the Lord, it, it's a Hebrew word, kava, which you don't have to ever remember. But it means to be wound tightly to another with great expectancy. To be wound tightly to another with great expectancy. So here's what you do. You just get a cross and you twirl around the cross. And, and that, that's how you wait on the Lord. It's a joke. You, you can laugh. You just twirl. That would be weird, right? That would be weird. I love what it says because it talks about being wound tightly around God or getting close to God. And the way you wait on the Lord is the most simple thing in all the world. And we'll show you some other scriptures with David that talk about it. To wait on the Lord just simply means this. The atmosphere of heaven is worship. That's the atmosphere of heaven. The Bible says when we worship, what happens? God inhabits our worship, God's presence. And worship is not weird. We just sang four worship songs. And let me ask you a question. After singing four worship songs, did, did you feel more life? Did you feel more energy? Don't you feel good after singing four worship songs? Corporate worship to me is always times 10 because there's more people, uh, more of God's presence seems to get off on us when we're in a corporate worship as opposed to by ourselves. Now, let me, let me hold that thought, hold that thought and, and look at renew. This is what renew means. The, the Hebrew is salef and it means to revive, to gain new strength, to exchange strength for strength. It's just God giving us his strength. Those that wait on the Lord, God's gonna fill us with his strength. So I need to talk about this with you because it's, it's really, really important. 
God wants to exchange our problems for his presence. I want to make sure you understand how to wait on the Lord. Again, it's not weird. I've never been weird. But I really believe, I may be weird in other areas, but not spiritually, okay? <laughs> I realize I'm probably weird in some areas. <clears throat> but listen, listen. I believe real men learn to worship. I believe worship is something a real man does. One of the most real men in the Bible was David. David was King David. He, had a, he was a real man with real problems, and he fell <laughs> with some of those real problems. But he was a worshiper. And, and, and I want to just encourage people that are new, those of you that have been here a while, I'm just encouraging you to do what you know because sometimes when a test hit, hits, we don't do what we know. But it's the most amazing thing a worship is. And when you were here today, if you engaged, if you, know, if you really sang from your heart, to engage just means this. You're just, you're just really singing those songs from your heart. Here's what I do. This really helps my worship for you young people, all of us. God's given us an imagination. So here's what I do. I imagine when I worship as if I'm standing right in front of the throne of God and I'm thinking about all the things God did for me. He did so many things for me. I don't even deserve to go to heaven. I was such a creep. And I get to go to heaven because Jesus, Jesus saved me. And Jesus washed my sins away. And God loves me. I don't even know how he loves me, but he loves me. And he, 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 he gave me eternal life. And I just imagine I'm standing right in front of the throne. And I just sing the, that last song, like, close to you. I just sing that song out of my heart. And, ah, it's amazing. You know what happens? God's presence. You may not feel a thing, but it's kind of like spraying yourself with cologne, guys. It, it stays with you. You walk in a room, someone else smells it. It's just God's life. It's God's presence. And, and when you do it, it fills you, and that's what waiting on the Lord. What does it do? It, it exchanges your weakness, your, your, your lack of strength for God's strength. Now, let me give you a beginner step. Not even, it's not a beginner step because we should do, it, this is a supplement. But for some of you, it might be a good way to start. What I do during my darkest test, darkest moments, is I just play a lot of worship music. I play it to go to sleep at night. I'm talking about a really dark, major test. I'll put it on when I'm going to sleep. And you know what it does? It brings, it helps me. It just brings peace. I put it on in the morning. I put it on when I'm driving. And I just play worship music. Why? It's the atmosphere of heaven, and God inhabits that. And it's amazing what happens. So guys, if you're going through a really tough time and it's driving you crazy, one way of detaching, one way of restoring yourself, one way of resting, is just play worship music more. Ladies, play worship music more. Young people, play worship music more, and that presence gets on you. To me, it's one of the most simple things, but let me say this to you. It saved my sanity over and over again. It's an amazing thing. So I want to tell you my routine, and, and, and I, I do this because I'm a pastor. Pastoring, like a, owning a business, uh, being a supervisor, just a lot of stress, a lot of, lot of problems you deal with on a regular basis. So every morning I get up, one of the first things I'll do is I put in my favorite CD, my worship, favorite worship CD. I play the songs Brandon never plays that I like. So I put those in. <laughs> and then I, then, then I just, listen, usually two songs. So we're not talking about a marathon hour here. Two songs. And, and I worship with the first song, and I just sing my heart out. That's all I do. Nothing weird. I'm not spinning or doing anything weird. I just worship. I love you, Jesus. And that second song, you know what I do? I just sit there. I just sit there. And that's when God exhorts me. That's when God speaks to my heart. And God just begins to bring a scripture to life. He reminds me of something. Absolutely changes my life. And I try to do that every day because I'm in a pressure job like some of you are. But when I'm going through a test, 
I, I, I multiply it. I go way up. And that's why you feel better when we worship. It's got God's presence when we do it here at church. So David, David was running for his life, and they're trying to kill him. And he wrote a couple psalms when he was running for his life. And I want you to see what he says about waiting on the Lord in these psalms. Um, the first one is Psalm 31, and it reads like this, verse 19. How abundant are the good things that you have stored up for those who fear you, that you bestowed in the sight of all on those who take refuge in you. So taking refuge is waiting. Listen to the very next verse. In the shelter of your presence, not weird, you hide them from all human conspiracies and keep them safe in your dwelling from accusing tongues. David's just referring to the fact, when I worship, here's what God does. It's an amazing thing. And right when someone's cons conspiring to kill him, right when people are lying about him. Have you ever been lied about? Isn't that an awful feeling? I remember before Facebook and, and before Twitter, there was YouTube. And uh, I'm glad Facebook and Twitter weren't around because that would have drove me really crazy at the time because this guy did a YouTube video saying all these bad things about me. And, and somebody showed it to me, and I'm like, what? And I didn't even know who he was. I didn't even know how to contact him. And I was just absolutely going crazy because he's saying things that aren't true. And thankfully, he repented later. He took it off. So that's all cool. But boy, if Twitter was out there and Facebook, it, it, everybody would have known it, you know, at that time. And what do you do when that's happening? What do you do when uh, you're in school and your best friends are, or somebody used to be your best friends, they're telling lies about you? What do you do when people are conspiring? I'm telling you, David detached. And when you detach, God does these amazing, amazing things. Listen to the next verse, verse 21. Praise be to the Lord, for he showed me the wonders of his love when I was in a city under siege. Saying, I, I'm being attacked or trying to kill me. My city's under siege. He says, guess what happened? I went into that secret place, and God showed me the wonders of his love. And for anybody that's ever been through crazy times, I can tell you, when I detach, keep giving that baby to God. It wants to come back, and I say no, and it wants to come back, and I say no. Thank you, Jesus, you're working on it. Then I just, I get in a place of worship. It's the most amazing thing. God begins to just speak to your heart, and he showed me more about how much he loves the person that's putting me, driving me crazy, or the, the test, or the people behind it. He showed me more about his love during those times. It's absolutely amazing what he does, and it's all this simple stuff. It's not hard. I just detached. Let me, let, me, let me read another psalm to you. This is pretty cool. Psalm 27, 5. It reads like this. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of a sacred tent. That's just waiting on the Lord. And set me high upon the rock. You know, tests here are like floodwaters. And, you know, if you're down where the floodwaters are, they rush you away. But when you detach emotionally, spiritually, God puts you up on this rock. And crazy life is going crazy, but you're up on a rock. And it says in, in the next verse, he says, Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me at the sacred tent. I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. What did David learn? They're trying to kill me. My life's falling apart. I don't know what my future is, but I'm going to detach. And when I do... God emotionally builds me up. And if you're here today, I don't care what you're dealing with. I don't care what life's thrown at you. You need to understand. You need to navigate. 
but man, do you need to detach. And you just simply need to detach and, and take some time, give it to God, and just take some time, worship God, play worship music. If it's a really crazy test, play it a lot, and then watch God do what only God can do. And then God's going to begin to speak to you. And I love some of the things he spoke to me in those dark moments. And one of the things that, I mean, it's a simple scripture, but when he speaks it and you're in worship and he reminds you of it, and he says, uh, with God, all things are possible. And he says, if God be for you, who can be against you? And he begins to speak those things to you. It absolutely electrifies you and you come back out. Yuck is still there but it's like you're yuck-proof. It's like, uh, I'm yuck-proof. But then you got to walk through yuck, and it gets back on you, so then you need to detach a little bit more. But it's amazing what God's doing and what God can do. So here's where I want to leave you guys. None of us have to walk through life without peace. None of us have to go through a test without the presence of God, and it's as simple as detaching. Hey, I want to pray. Let's close our eyes. Let's look up to heaven. Let's pray. Lord, I've done my best to teach the Bible. These are cool people. And uh, Lord... I trust that I, I helped people understand. Lord, some are so new, uh, this, will, this, this is just something they'll begin to walk in. Others, Lord, they've understood it. Now I'm encouraging them to do it at a higher level. But Lord, for all of us, man, every one of us, Lord, as we walk through this week, show us moments when we can detach. Remind us, detach, detach. Show, this is the time to detach, buddy. And, and Lord, help us learn to detach and go into that shelter. Lord of yours. Take some time and do it. And guys, right now, some of you may need to come up at the end and have somebody pray with you for this, but all of us in our, in, in our seats, let's do this together. If there's something that's just been nagging you, uh, something that's tormenting you, it's you know a test or a problem in your life, can we just practice right now? You can whisper, but would you just give this to God right now and ask him to fix it? Let's just give it to God right now, whatever it is. Just say, God, I need you to fix this. Lord, fix this relationship. Lord, help me with this problem. Lord, come through with this. Help me in my body. Whatever it is, Lord, fix it. Now, whatever you ask them to do, the next time that thought tries to get you, take a moment and say, thank you, God, that you're working on it. Remember, keep, keep putting it back on the table, guys. And right now, I just, I want to ask you to think about this. Think about this, would you? Think about Sometimes when you can detach. Think about how you can detach at a higher and better level. So maybe it's grabbing some, some of your favorite worship music and listening to it, whatever it is. Maybe God's dealing with your heart right now. Hey, get up 10 minutes early and play two songs. Find a quiet place. Just play it. Do it at night before you go to bed. Whatever, just find some time. Whatever God's saying. Next time you come into worship, See yourself standing right in front of God and let God do what only he can do. He imparts his strength. Lord, sometimes we don't know how to explain it, but we know you do it, and I thank you for doing it in every person's life that's in this room. Guys, I want to keep praying. So can we bow our heads, stay in the attitude of prayer, and, and I just want, I want to give one invitation before I close down and our MC comes forth. And the invitation is real simple. If you walked in here today and you weren't sure of your forever, I want to help you be sure of your forever. Maybe you walked in and you didn't even believe in God. Maybe you weren't sure if God existed. Maybe you're not sure if there's a heaven. Listen, after sitting through this service, I, I think God spoke to hearts. He's touched hearts. And you say, Pastor Joe, I, I just sense God's peace. I sense God's real. And, and, and I, and I want to know, how can I be closer to God? Listen, it's so simple. 
the creator of the universe, Jesus, we call him Jesus, he came to earth to save us from our sins. That's why he died on the cross. When he died on that cross, the Bible says God placed the sins of the entire world on him. That's your sins too. Jesus said, whoever calls on my name, I'll save him. So how do, you know, he died, he was buried, he was raised from the grave. How do we receive him? He says, just call on my name, call on my name. Listen very carefully. I'm not asking you right now to join our church. I'm not asking you if you're a member of a Christian church or you, you used to be. I'm not asking you if you were raised in a Christian church. I'm not asking you if you were water baptized as a, a child or an adult. All great things. Here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a day when you made it personal and you made it real with Jesus? If you're here and you say, I can't, but I want to today, would you do that with me? I, I want to accept him and I want to make a decision today to follow him. Everybody in the room, if you're here and you say, that's me, would you pray with me? And everybody else, would you help them pray? Say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe and make a decision to follow you today. Amen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.